know Your ass better call somebody Research and development Putting in the man hours to study the science of what you need Last week we put liquid paper on a bee And it died What? Did we just become best friends? Yup Can I tell you something though? You're getting angry? I love you. Yeah, you big guy. Welcome back in, everybody, to another edition of the 4D Chess Dynasty Football Podcast, episode 31, coming at you as always. Your big, hairy, grizzly bear of a host, McNutted, the teardown king, is here. You can find me on Twitter at IowaMichael. And, of course, I'm joined by my main man, the better half of 4D, Adam. You can find him at ATM4DChess on Twitter. How we doing tonight, Adam? How you feeling? Training camp, Watson suspension, news out the ass. Man, it's going crazy in these streets right now. You know how I'm feeling. I'm not feeling too great about it. Um, rumors are, it sounds like there's a very good chance this guy's going to be out at least a year. Um, the Browns are going to suck again. But other than that, how am I doing? Episode 31, 40 chess is back. We are ready to go. Yeah, last week we touched a little bit on an older episode, you know, picking a direction. One of the things I wanted to talk about this week we get into, and just, we'll just kind of spitball here and have a good episode about it, is... We had kind of discussed a lot of the leagues that we're playing in, Adam. We play with you and I, you and, you know, me and Ray and, you know, all the people of Destination Devi, our Patreons at patreon.com forward slash South Harmon. The shitheads are in there. I mean, it's all just people who are tapped into the space constantly and constantly discussing Dynasty. And these are the kind of people who are talking about it, you know, in February, <laughs> thinking about strategy. And how difficult yep. sometimes it is to get an edge up on an entire league full. So one of the things I got to experience this week, and I'm in the process of experiencing it right now, is doing a startup, a best ball startup, with a group of individuals that I have no idea who the hell they are. Right? Uh, just uh, randomly got reached out to on Twitter. Hey, would you join my league? And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> I'll join it. Is it best ball? Because I don't have time for any more lineup leagues. Oh, yeah, 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 it's best ball. Here we go. And it has been a a wild ride so far. I think we're through nine and a half rounds right now in this startup. So, Adam, can you just kind of attest, let's touch on first, what it's like when you play in leagues where there's just 11 other people that are tapped in and just how how badly sometimes that sucks when that's all you get constantly. You don't have any opportunity to take advantage of people who don't know anything about you, don't know how you think, how you strategize, what you like to do, whether you trade up, whether you trade down, the players you like. You're not constantly getting sniped. (laughs) Talk a little bit about that one. Yeah, for sure, man, because, listen, I think the the more we start doing episodes like this and – doing leagues with people that are either listening to us or we're listening to them, Ray, Scott, whoever it is, right? Man, the more you start playing with those people, your edges, they become very, very thinned out. And you have to almost sometimes go against your natural line of thinking because everybody else is trying to do the same shit. 
So it's not going to work. You're not going to have the edge if everybody else is trying to do it. Where, man, I, I miss, you know, every now and again having that league like you're in right now, Mike, where most of them don't know who you are or just started listening to you. And, you know, the old teardown approach, the teardown king can just have his way in the startup and everything seems to fall to him. I, I'm interested to see, Mike, why don't we talk about where you're at with this league and how it's going for you? Yeah, so, I mean, it's nothing crazy for the entry fee. I think it's like a $30 league or something like that. Uh, usually I stick with $50, $100 and up leagues. But $30 league, uh, 12 teams. The scoring is a run-of-the-mill basic tight end premium, you know, like four points, passing touchdown, PBR, that kind of thing. Nothing crazy. Uh, yeah. I ended up getting the 103 on random, right? Just random, that's where I got I'm like, man, if I'm already sitting at 103, one of these last best ball startups that we did, uh, I think it was like our patron best ball four, something like that. I traded up with you and it's been featured before on the trade show. I think we talked about it a little bit too. I'm like, you know what? Let's go back and do the double tap elite quarterback. Let's see if I could pull off a deal for the 102 or the 101 (laughs) and see if I could do it again. As long as it's not crazy right the price wasn't astronomical gonna set me back so yeah i went ahead and i traded my um my second uh the the 210 the 310 because it is third round reversal my fourth rounder the 403 the 1003 the 1310 and in return i got the 102 1002 1111 511 and 602 so a lot of those mid-round juicy picks that i like to get and I got to move up to the 102, which ended up being Herbert and Mahomes is what I, I double tapped right there. So, But I have I had no picks between round two and, and five, right? I traded so, all that, or two and, two and four, two, three, and, two four. and four. I traded all that shit away. So to break this down for the Dynasty Degenerates, when you look at it, you went really from the 210 up to the 102. You went back from the third and the fourth round. So that was the 310 and the 403. And you basically took those two picks and went back to the fifth and the sixth in those two picks. And then you also got a trade up into the 10th, correct? Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, when you really start to break down the essence of this deal, Mike, um, it probably was weird not having any picks from all those yeah. rounds there at two and three and whatever. But, man, when uh, when five and six came around and you had those quarterbacks and the teardown king has all these picks in those mid rounds, I know it had to get nice. So far, it has been very nice. And, you know, I tried to get some deals done. And everybody thinks, like, when you make one trade up, that you're going to go up in, you know, the first round multiple times. It's like, nah, like, I'm good, man. I had a specific what? players that I was targeted, and that's it. I ain't going back. <laughs> well, the, the, other, the other thing is, like, okay, what, what am I going to send you? I mean, are you going to take yeah. all futures? Because I don't have a pick till round five, buddy, you know? <laughs> So I just kind of sat back and watched the draft board, right? And uh, just kind of figured out what was going on here. And <laughs> there was some interesting picks that you and I never really see. Um, Cooper Cup went in the first round, you know, the 112. Wow. But uh, Jamar Chase, you know how we are with wide receivers, went at the 105. Of course, Justin Jefferson went at the 109. Travis Kelsey was the 201. Like, it's a half-point tight end premium. I don't think we've seen that. I don't think we've seen Travis Kelsey in the second round outside of maybe a .75 tight end premium and start two tight end. Like, maybe in that kind of situation we might see that. But Yeah, with the heavy tight end premium, you maybe, maybe at tops get him in, like, the back end of the second, right? Yeah. But yeah. Early second, never, ever happening. 
Very interesting, but you know, like I said, I don't have any picks, so I was so worried. I was just kind of watching it, like, oh wow, it's been forever since I see this. Like you see the the ADP data on a deco, right? That gets pulled from from sleeper, and you see guys like Cooper Cup or Travis Kelsey or you know some of these uh, Jamar Chase. Like you see them high, but when you've played in so many leagues with like all the people that we'd mentioned, we never see it. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, who the hell is drafting these guys to keep the ADP up there? Well, I right. found them. I found, <laughs> found, we, them. found we found one of them that made his ADP relevant because it was actually ahead of consensus. We're always seeing behind consensus. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Um, later on, then, you know, I don't have any picks, so I'm thinking, like, maybe uh, maybe people fall in for the old uh, push in all your future draft capital for a lot of mid-round picks that are just numbers. <laughs> Nobody's paying attention, you know, that kind of deal. Yeah. And I, I did find a partner. I did find a partner, so I traded away my first and second in 23 and 24, so two first, two seconds. And I got the 503, the 810, and the 1010. Just bought all three of those picks outright. I like that, man. The 503, like, I, man, that's got to be worth a first and a second, even in a best ball league, Adam, in my opinion. Who, do you, let me, just for the names, um, for the Diamond City Degenerates. Listen, who yeah. did you end up selecting at the 503 then? All right. At the 503, Antonio Gibson, my guy fell. And enough is enough for me. <laughs> I can't. I, I haven't picked since the 103. And I come up on the clock and Antonio Gibson's staring me in the face. And I'm like, I have to. I'm going to get disbarred from 4D chess if I don't take <laughs> Antonio Gibson at the 503. Like Adam yeah. will kick me the fuck out. And be like, you've lost it. You passed no. it. Antonio Gibson in the fifth round. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> okay, so I like this. All right, so Gibson at 503. You had two fifths and two sixths, right? I ended up, because I made the, the trade down, I had my own fifth. I had the one from the trade up to the 103. And then I had the one that I bought outright with draft capital. So I had three okay, fifth so you had round three. selections. Yep. So, so 503, you got Gibson. Yep. 510, as much shit as we talk about this guy, man. It, it's it's the way the draft went. Five ten, Derrick Henry's just right there, <laughs> right there looking at me. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I mean, right. at that point, I kind of get it. I mean, you're gonna just you know take the value at five ten. Yeah, why not? Five eleven, Alvin Kamara. And so I start with two stud quarterbacks, and I I kind of like my running back room in the fifth round. Ooh. I'm like, all right, we're good. So we're, we're leaning Henry, into. Kamara. I mean, you sent your picks away. You're you're kind of at that point likely to be pushing your chips in and going to win. I mean, yeah. you don't have to always, but you're already signaling going for it. So then you get the running back core that's really going for it. I like where we're at. Yeah. Uh, 602, so I'm up in a couple picks. Um, this is kind of where I'm I'm trying to figure out what I want to do because I, I'd really like to get like an Aaron Jones here. Um, he is available. But I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, I just triple tapped running back in the fifth round. Um, maybe I should start getting a couple of receivers. You know what I mean? Like Right. Let's get solid there. It is only a start 10 uh, best ball, too, so that is playing a little bit into it. It's not like one of these crazy ones we do, start 13, start 14. So so in start 10, for the uh, for everyone listening, that's that's going to be – Is it, can you do four running backs? Is it two running backs and two flexes? Yeah. And then three yep. receivers? Yep, two two okay. extra flex spots, three receivers, yep. So you okay. can do four running backs. So I'm like, man, maybe I go Aaron Jones. But I'm also kind of – I'm out of my element a little bit with people that don't listen or follow and know how much I love Aaron Jones. So there's that one side of me that's like, just pass on him, buddy. Pass on just him. Maybe he comes back you'll in the him. seventh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll get him again. 
it didn't happen, but I ended up taking uh, McLaurin at the 6-2 and Mike Evans at the 6-3. So okay. just went ahead and why not? Let's get two receivers. Uh, Aaron Jones goes a few picks later, much to breaking my heart, along with Josh Jacobs goes at the beginning of the seventh round, which was another target that I thought. Uh, the 7-10 is the first time where I'm like, I'm, I, don't, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you listening out there, I'm sitting there going, man, I'm panicking. I'm I'm also just getting off of work, getting caught up to, like trying to figure things out. But I'm looking at the board, and Elijah Moore is available, Adam. Keenan Allen to stack with Justin Herbert if I want to go that route's available. Zeke Elliott, you know, my fourth running back. Uh, Darno Mooney and Devontae Smith, all guys that I'm really high on and I think would fit my team well. We just made an Elijah Moore video, so I had to go Elijah Moore. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta I, take Elijah Moore. I was gonna say it would have been hard to make a bad selection given what you just read to me there. Um, I could have made a very strong case for either Devonte Smith or Elijah Moore, and I'm fully on board with either one of those two picks, especially. Yep. Uh, then coming back in the eighth round, eight three. Um, the only ones that went, Fournette went, Keenan Allen went. Those were guys that I had in my queue. Was thinking about so. At this point, man, I'm in the eighth round. I still really want to get that fourth running back. <laughs> I really want the ability to start four running backs if uh, you know the weeks work out well in best ball. So I go ahead and I just hit Zeke. The uh, the tiers of running back is running out very quickly, right? James Connors left, and then you're into the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Kareem Hunt, Tony Pollard like kind of range where it's. It's getting suspect, right? So I figure, might as well. The receiver pool is still pretty deep, and uh, we're in the process of coming back in the ninth round where I do have two picks coming up, and then I have the 10-02 again, so I have three selections out of the the next five when it gets to me. I think a one pick away. So I'll probably go back to the wide receiver well there, but I re- I, I was kind of regretting the Zeke pick, but after kind of seeing the guys who came off the board right after him at the running back position, I'm like, it was a pretty good time to pull the trigger on Zeke as RB4. I'll, I'll go yeah. ahead and just pass on some receivers, even though, you know, it would have been nice to get like a Devontae Smith or a Darno Mooney, a couple of my guys that went went a little bit later. But, hey, we'll, we'll see what receivers here are coming up, and <laughs> maybe I can make up for it just a little bit, but. It's been a uh, it's been a crazy draft because it's not something that we're used to. So I thought it would be a good one just to talk about real quick too. Um, when we're we're giving advice too, like I don't know how much how much our leagues and our experiences with everybody that we play with that are tapped in. I would say we're probably in like half of the leagues, um, at least for me, out of thirty are, are people that. I follow, listen to, pay attention to, like you'd mentioned, Scott and Ray and uh, all the guys over at Destination Devi, Ike, Gene, Brandon, uh, JB. We we got a ton of really tapped in people, and then we have all of our patron leagues. So I don't know if if like our advice sometimes when we're giving it out maybe is skewed a little bit towards man, it's going to be hard to get this done in this league. This is what the package you should get. And maybe in reality we should be like, nah, shoot for the moon because there's a lot of people out there that just kind of don't pay as much attention. You know what I mean? Like if you're like, hey, this guy's worth two first, maybe he's actually worth two first and a second. (laughs) Maybe it's a little bit more in a a random league, Adam. What do you think about that? 
Oh, 100% on board with that. I think that's actually a big thing, Mike, is we talk a lot of times on the deals that we're doing. Um, I mean, we, we listen, we have ours, our fair share that are deals that are going to be hard to get done over and over. But there's a lot of times we're talking about deals that we think are reasonable and can get done in leagues with people that are tapped in and aren't going to just take shitty deals, you know? And not saying that in other leagues you they're all going to take shitty deals, but I think you can ask for more. I think especially, Mike, with the best ball format and people that haven't played a lot, uh, you know, by, if you're listening to us, like probably the best play is maybe to get a first and a second or, or two firsts for said player. But if it's a player that's hyped up, like in, you know, third round and higher, A.J. Brown types, uh, C.D. Lamb types, you, don't, you can ask for more. And you'd be surprised, I think, sometimes, Mike, especially because we're so – thought and tuned into best ball and like nobody's paying nobody's paying two first and a second for cd lamb and nobody's doing that anymore right well maybe wrong because what if that person hasn't played in best ball and they're thinking about the lineup version and how much they want to pack studs and they consolidate crazy amount of assets into you know maybe it's not even as high as cd lamb maybe you get you know somebody else in the third fourth range but Point is, I think you can probably ask for more and know that you can definitely settle in on some of the values we talk about when we do best ball strategy. Yeah, I, I think that's a key point too, right? Because we've done trade breakdowns where to us it seems egregious the amount you pay for one player in a best ball league, like when it's confirmed best ball. And the pushback that you get on it, you're like, wow, like, people still really don't understand it and it's not necessarily their fault i mean i'm not i'm not uh a delusional about the size of our audience right it's growing and it's growing at a nice pace and more and more people are tapping in and more and more people are getting experience with best ball but to you and i it almost seems second nature sometimes where it's like yeah, there's no way I'm paying three first worth value for one wide receiver. I don't care who the wide receiver is. It just does not make sense to me in a best ball league because the way we look at it, Adam, we look at, uh, you know, if it's like a, a player and a couple picks, right? People just look at it and go, well, that player's not going to outscore the, the stud receiver that you got, so why would you do that? And it's like, well, it's not just that. It's a combination of, this guy's going to score like 60, 70% of that one player. And then you're going to take those two other first assets. And I'm not looking under his future draft cap. Oh, if I pick these players, they might bust. I'm thinking about what I can buy with those draft picks. I'm thinking about the range of players that I can go acquire and make a purchase for one, one single one. Like I, if you go out and you sent somebody a single 23 first for Amari Cooper, I would say more likely than not that deal is going to get done, right? I'm like, unless somebody's like a huge Browns fan, you know, there's, there's always those caveats. But he's in that range where a single 23 first can acquire him, even if it's late or people know that your team is good or whatever it may be. So now you look at the other receiver you acquired in the deal and you look at adding on a guy like Amari Cooper in a best ball situation. And, and the breakdowns that we did earlier, it's like throughout the entire year, you're going to get more above average weeks and you're probably going to get more spike weeks than the one singular wide receiver on the other end of the deal. So, and, and that doesn't even factor in the, the third first, you know, the, the, the one that's sitting right. there that you haven't traded. yet. <laughs> you can go get another guy. You can go buy well, somebody else. Yeah. Th this is, there, there's the two big takeaways I think here 
Um, obviously, we're talking about best ball versus lineup mindsets. And when you're talking about, you know, tearing down or getting multiple assets for one, a lot of times, I mean, listen, if you can get straight up in a deal, the three first is they're all players. So you don't have to make the 4D move of then using the picks later. Obviously, that that when it looks like that to somebody, they may have a harder time realizing what we're saying about the deal where it's like just because these are first round picks does not mean I have to sit on these picks until the 2023 and the 2024 or the 2025 draft whatever it is right when you acquire a pick and, and dynasty degenerates I think this is big to remember right now you're going to get so much win now contender redraft mindset push we talked about this last episode with direction this is a good case in point here people want to say fuck them picks right they want to go fuck them picks Okay, fine, but understand, picks are assets. That is, that pick is a ticket to the draft and one of 12 if it's a first-round pick, right? It's a finite asset that's only going to gain value. Now, the one thing that pick does not do if you sit on it for the entire year is score points in your lineup. So that part is true. But, Mike, the other thing is flexibility, so if I'm drafting, if you're if you're taking all the advice we give you on the 4D side and drafting, right? So you're drafting and dealing and making really savvy moves, and you make one trade down. So let's use last week's episode in the trade show of the chase, and you're getting Mooney and two firsts and two seconds. One, you're getting maybe a 20% dip, something like that, probably from Mooney. But week to week, it may not be that different. So you're losing a little production, but you're also gaining flexibility. Like, all right, now you have more picks. You can maybe move them down the road. You also are now protected if you don't move them right now that I can still sit on this thing. Maybe I hold these picks. Maybe I go acquire a couple more picks, the same type of deal. I trade another asset and get more picks. And now you can go rebuild or contend. And when you get multiple picks, remember this too. Everybody looks at it as one pick. It's just one pick. Or you're never gonna, you don't even know who it's going to be. But Mike, if I'm sitting on, if I make that deal and I have my own picks and I'm sitting on four first round picks in the next two years, Mike, if I'm making that type of trade, like somebody that eventually wants to rebuild and I got four chips first to move to them and one of which is not my own and maybe that team's not that great. Oh, you know what you can get in best ball with four first and one deal to somebody that's desperate to get picks? Like... We got to think 4D about this. Don't think this fucking pick, oh my God, what if I miss on this player? I, stop thinking about the 2024 draft. It, it's an asset. For God's sakes, it's an asset. Damn. Yeah, yeah, that's all it is is an asset, man. You know what's one thing that, that can't happen to draft picks? They can't get injured. They can't get suspended, right? <laughs> they, can't, they, can't, they can't do it. It's impossible. Unless, it's unless you're the pick. Dolphins. Yeah. Unless you're the <laughs> Dolphins. <laughs> that pick can get suspended. But in Dynasty for us, it can't get suspended. Well, as long as you're not out there actually tampering with Tom Brady and Sean Payton, you'll be fine. Right? You know, <laughs> you'll be all right. 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 Goodell's not going to come to you and, and take your future draft picks. He's not going to go, well, you don't get that 23 first no more. He's not coming knocking on the door. Hey, I'm going to need that 23 pick back. Yeah, I'm going to need that back. I think that's the, uh, always a mindset that you can exploit. Um, something I know, too, even I do it still to – to this day, but not as much. And you, you'll know for sure, Adam, because we had multiple discussions about this last year on teams where I'm a contender and making a push in. 
sometimes I throw away my picks a little too willy nilly, right? And uh, or I'm adverse to getting a pick back in a contender trade. Like maybe I get the one contender piece I want, but I send something else away that's actually good value, and somebody who's willing to give me a first or you know a couple seconds back, and I'm always like. Nah, like I'm pushing in, I'm contending, and you get locked in that mindset of elite producers right now, uh, you know, things that can help your team at this moment, and you don't put enough credence into the, hey, those picks that I might be getting back, week two, week three, week four, I might be able to go out and use them as as some people start to go, hey, uh, I don't think it's happening for me for this team. You know, I, I put all my chips in on uh, Deshaun Watson, and now he's gone for the year. Uh, it doesn't look like this is going to happen. I started one and three. <laughs> I'm ready to to sell off, you know, the Keenan Allens of the world. I'm ready to sell off the Josh Jacobs of the world, those kind of players. And those could be very beneficial to you in a lineup league for depth, but especially in best ball leagues, it's really beneficial to you because that's another guy who's, you, you take a pick that's scoring zero points, right? Now you put a tangible asset on it. And even if you end up getting four or five startable weeks out of it, that's a plus for you for your entire best ball team. So it's definitely something, as I keep going along in my dynasty career, I know that I'm trying to get better at and seeing the the extra chess moves on the chessboard where it's like, yeah, I'll take a 23 first back. And then what am I going to do with that 23 first later? <laughs> How am I going to maneuver this to help me out the best way I can? So I think once the community gets more in that mindset, the whole like fuck them picks mentality, <laughs> you know, it's two years away. I can get them back at any time or the rookie draft is until April. I'll be fine. Stop looking at it as that's the only time that you can use them, right? You get the entire NFL season. We we haven't even kicked off an actual game yet, but you have the entire NFL season where you can maneuver those picks to help solidify your team where you need to. So if you just look them at yeah. as a form of currency, uh, if your players are actual real dollars, right? If they're actual physical $20 bills in your hand, $100 bills in your hand, you think of the draft capital as like the credit, the credit line. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But this credit line goes up and gets bigger and bigger and bigger the closer you get to the draft and it's, it's, the more teams shake out, right? The, the only difference is the credit line for you gains interest because the, the interest <laughs> rate's coming to you, not to the bank. And, Mike, I, I think there, there's one thing I want to get on um, or get to, Dynasty Degeneres. I want you to think about this uh, as a whole in the narrative of the I'm going to go win now. I'm getting chased to stud or, or X player, whoever it is. It doesn't have to be that same deal all the time, right? But I'm going to get this up tier player and I'm getting rid of picks that are going to do nothing. And I think there's a big hole in this narrative because, Mike, although the picks won't score any points for you in your lineup, the one thing that's certain that you already said is that they can't get hurt. They can't, nothing is going to happen to that pick other than maybe this year would be the worst case scenario where eventually if you held it too long, you know, the draft players – don't look that great when the quarterback class has one first rounder and everybody else falls. But over time, that 2022 class still built up value in the picks. So here's the difference, though, Mike. You're, everybody's saying that I got Chase the stud in my lineup, or it's whoever it is, it's CeeDee Lamb. Mike, you know what happens every year? Even at receivers, because everybody right now wants to believe running backs get hurt, receivers are going to play for 10 years and never get hurt and be studs in your lineup for all time. Even the receivers, Mike. You know who missed it? at least four games 
A.J. Brown. You know who missed a bunch of games? Guys, go all the way down the list, Mike. Elijah Moore missed a bunch of games. Jarvis Landry missed several games. Um, Kadarius Toney missed several games. I mean, I could go down and down this list of guys that missed multiple games. Mike, let's use an example of a guy that actually started to turn it on. Let's not even talk injuries, just things that can happen. Off the field, look at Deshaun Watson. Henry Ruggs. I mean, Mike, this guy last year, and best player, you're like, shit, man. Like, Henry Ruggs starting to come along. Here he is. Next thing you know, the guy kills somebody. It, he is a dead asset on your team. Like, I'm not sitting here trying to, like, gloat about what happened to Henry Ruggs. It's a tragedy. But the point is, you cannot guarantee any one of these players is going to play all 17 games. This is going to smash all these 17 games. Like, we have to be a little more realistic about the player side, too. You bring up a fantastic point when you're talking about that. So one thing, I'm going to share it here with you on the screen, but we'll read it off to the audience here and go through it, which is absolutely crazy to me, right? So this is a 2017 startup Superflex Dynasty mock draft that was done, okay? So it's on Player Profiler. Now, let me caveat and say, the community as a whole of Dynasty has gotten a fuck ton better at playing Dynasty, right? Strategy, everything else. All the podcasts that have popped up, all the smart people in the space. We have gotten way better. As little as 2020, you were having like McCaffrey and Barkley and other running backs going as your first couple picks. And then like Mahomes and Lamar, like those guys were coming in the mid part of the first round some of the other elite quarterbacks, like you're only having like three or four quarterbacks in a first round of a, a super flex startup out of 12 teams, which you you say that today, like if that were to happen, you'd be like, this is the craziest first fucking round I've ever seen in my entire life. We, there was only we four quarterbacks that would. Wow. We can't use this as real data. Nobody would do this. Well, we're <laughs> exactly. going off of old data, all right? So, so we've gotten better, but let's just look at it from the perspective of player names. Not so much like where the draft capital is because things have changed so much, but we're talking five years ago, five years ago, Adam, right? 2017, okay? We haven't even hit the fifth year out from it, right? We're going into the fifth year. But yeah. let's look at some of these player names, and these are some some really smart people who took part in this, like J.J. Zacharies and Pat Corain, um, Patrick Doherty, Eric McClung, Matt Kelly, Rich Rebar, Ryan McDowell, and Nate List. Like if Our you Nate, don't, yeah. if you haven't heard some of those names, <laughs> you're probably sleeping. But those are some big names in the dynasty space. So they did this mock draft. The first pick, David Johnson. Adam, where is he at now? Doesn't even he's have a home. fucking team. He he he's he's doing what we're doing. He he maybe he's got a mic. He's had, he's got a comfy chair. He's not he's not playing. <clears throat> uh, number two, Le'Veon Bell. So I think it's the same thing, Mike. Uh, he's yeah. at home. Odell Beckham. Injured. Um, maybe will not be at home come like week 14 or 12 or something, but he's at home for now. Antonio Brown. Himothy, the rapper. He's a rap guy, <laughs> you know? You see you see him at uh in, the, in Florida, man? He had this crazy yeah. the, the little dance and the – oh, my gosh, man. But, yeah, so far these four guys – the four first picks, Mike, aren't even playing football. Mike Evans. Still going strong, but Mike Evans would be the exception round? to the rule. He's balling still, yeah. Zeke Elliott, seventh round right now. He's treaded a lot of water, but you just said you took him in the eighth and didn't mind it, you know. Yep, Julio Jones. Um, he got a little bit, a, a minute 
bump in value uh, going to Tampa. You know, <laughs> a little, a little. Amari Cooper. Um, interesting because man, if Watson misses the year, I'm I'm so bummed by this, and uh, he, I think his value would actually take a big hit. But he's still, you know, an eighth round pick, so he's still hanging right. around. He's got some good years left. Michael Thomas. It's crazy as after this, Mike, he went to the wide receiver one and was kind of a prime example of like what we talk about. He's never going to fall off. Uh, Michael Thomas is a 10th round pick now, Mike. Yeah. Uh, AJ Green. You know what, Mike? I was, I was asked this the other day. I actually don't know. I, I believe he's at home, right? No. Is he no, playing? He, he resigned one more year with Arizona. I, I know okay. this because on Bomb Squad 1, I still have him and I can't cut him. Okay. He had like 800 yards last year. He was like, okay, nothing great. On a best ball, cool. On a lineup league, I don't think I'd have any H.A. Green, I, but in a best ball, no. why the fuck? Why not? We'll take the shot. Yeah, I knew he was with Arizona last year. I, I didn't know if he re-upped with them. Okay, so he's still hanging around. He's um, basically dead in the lineup league in a kind of warm body in a uh, best ball league. Brandon Cooks, constantly I, disrespected, underrated, but damn. Dude, it, it is wild to see that he was a first-round starter pick, man. What in the right. world? Yeah, with the New England Patriots at the time. <laughs> That's how far back it goes. And uh, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. A lot of wide receivers here in this uh, first round of this mock. But, Adam, when I just look at the first round, I'm like, some, some of these guys, like the first four, aren't like you said, aren't even playing football. Like They don't have jobs. The next best ones are like you're looking at guys who are in like the seventh, eighth round, ninth round of a startup. Okay, so they held on to some value after five years. But when I look at this, Adam, the one thing that stands out to me is when people talk, "Oh, you get X player for the entirety of their career." Like you know, I'm looking five, six years out. I think that's a huge mistake to look five or six years out when we actually should only be looking maybe two or three years out, Adam. Like after two or three years, things can wildly wildly change regardless of the position you know how many wide receivers are on this list that we just named off that are just dead like nothings nothing burgers right now Mm -hmm. it's not just running backs you know we always look at running backs like oh they have such a short career and blah 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 and and i think we did a podcast on it once where we kind of looked at some historic ones and how long they lasted and some like historic running backs and how long they lasted and it was actually a lot closer than anybody would care to admit it just so happens that the uh, running back position, it just it feels like they die so much faster because there's so few of them, Adam. If there's only 32 starters in the league and like five of them die after two years and are absolute zeros, it's like, holy shit, look how fast these guys go. Wide receiver position, like you're talking on your, your fantasy team starting 36. <laughs> 36 every single week at least, and then some flex guys. If five or six of those guys disappear, nobody really bats an eyelash, right? The pool just keeps refunding itself. So when I saw this first round part, I was like, holy shit, this is wild to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and Mike, um, like, let, let's not, it's easy to live life in the present and say, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty. I mean, if you scroll back up, Mike, some of these guys at the time, there's no way you're going to believe that they're going to fall off to the value they did today. But we're going to sit here today and say, oh, yeah, of course. You know, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is almost, is he, he looks like he's cliffing and he had to take, you know, PEDs to even stay on the field and not be healthy. Um, you know, Julio Jones, at the time, at this time, Mike, he was talked about as 
just a complete freak, which he was, that's never going to fall off. Like this guy is just so different and so ridiculously talented that he's going to eventually like he's not going to age, like it's not going to happen. And we saw him cliff kind of quickly, actually. It's the crazy part. Yeah. Now, there was obviously times to get out on him. Mike Evans, he's pretty young in this 2017 season. Mike, he's maybe in the, I think he's going into year four there. He's a, uh, maybe, yeah, year four. He's a 2014 rookie. So, like, it's been several years now, Mike. The Dynasty community views Mike Evans kind of as geriatric, even though he's really not that old. Yes. You know, it's like, yep. like, it's what we do in Dynasty. So, like, everyone's creaming. At Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, and, and rightfully so. I, I, I'm not going to fight you. Like They're young guys that are putting points in your lineup, but the, the talk of, oh, this guy's going to be good for... When, when I hear stuff near 10 years, Mike, Like even if that's the case, which is going to be the extreme rare exception to the rule, you know what's going to come along? A younger, shiny toy that in Dynasty we all get excited for. So just understand, nobody is, outside of Tom Brady, going to completely destroy father time father time gets everybody Mm -hmm. and on top of that too mike i think the last point i want to make on this is essentially there's the argument like all right i can trade jamar chase too at the end of the year and get those picks back at some point and listen maybe that works for you but mike if if we're playing in leagues like you and i are in and as you say people are getting better and sharper um there's going to be times when people pick the other direction and you can't just say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go get four picks back. Like, it doesn't always work that way. All right, so let's look at the second round here, too, because there's a couple other takeaways that I had here. So the first pick in the second round, Aaron Rodgers. So far, the highest remaining in, like, if you think about current value, current startup ADP, where they're going in Superflex leagues, Aaron Rodgers. Everybody else that we listed before, the first round's going after Aaron Rodgers. They're going in the seventh or eighth. Aaron Rodgers going, yeah. what, fourth? Aaron Rodgers, yeah, fourth, sometimes fifth, but mostly a fourth-round pick. All right, Andrew Luck, retired. <laughs> you know what, Mike? Did, retired. <laughs> Mike, Andrew Luck actually is a good point, uh, case in point, kind of like when I was talking Henry Ruggs. Like, you don't know always. I mean, Andrew Luck, gosh, when you draft him in 2017, Mike, you're telling yourself you got a 10-, 15-year quarterback. Yeah, like, yeah. He retired early. I mean, things happen. Things happen. They just do. Russell Wilson, still going strong. He's so, still a second-round startup pick. Second-round yeah. startup pick, yep. yep. Melvin Gordon, hanging around. But, I mean, what are we talking, like 13th, 14th round right now? The very yeah. last, like, legs. 12th, 12th at the very earliest. And, and you know, he kind of – all he did was just get in Javante's way last year. He wasn't a dynasty uh, cornerstone piece. Todd Gurley, dead. Arthritic knees, unfortunately. Jameis Winston? Crab Think legs. about that. Jameis Winston was the third quarterback selected in this. Yeah, because he was the young 2015, you know, rookie that's going to be really starting to rise and be unbelievable. Man, that's crazy to see that. Derek Carr. <laughs> Mike, it's so funny because, like, I'm thinking about him gaining value this year and going to the fourth, and I'm like, dude, this guy was drafted in the second. Like, what am I looking at here? Des Bryant. This is a name, too, with, like, it feels like Des Bryant's been out of the league for like five years <laughs> since 2017, right? Am I, am I crazy? Well, you know to what, Mike? You know what's crazy is um, it was around this time where he had that foot injury early in the year, and then he just never was the same after that. Mm-hmm. Just never. He was done. Man, Allen Robinson still hanging around, still hanging around. 
Jordan Howard. Look at that. Jordan Howard, Devontae Freeman, right? Ooh, the this, this shenanigans, uh, Devontae Smith RB1 season, you know? So generally so far, like my takeaway from it has been quarterback is, and we've preached it before and we've looked at some data, right? Quarterback is probably the safest position for longevity and value outside of a select few like Josh Rosen. <laughs> that's the only one people could point to really it's just josh rosen i think i think we can say though mike like you know mahomes and allen and herbert they seem to be pretty safe but you look at that list like sometimes we project a little early and then they winston flamed out uh yes. luck as much as great as you thought he was retired so yeah safer Higher. than the other positions though round three marcus Mariota, first pick of round three <laughs> he's got a job again He's got a job again. Let's go. <laughs> Took a couple years. He's got a oh job my again. Goodness. Oh my Doug, goodness. Doug Baldwin. It feels like another one that's been out of the league since 2017, <laughs> doesn't it? Man, it's crazy. He held off Percy Harvin, and then all of a sudden, uh, Doug Baldwin was nothing. Sammy Watkins, Rob Gronkowski, Jarvis Landry. Corey Davis. Corey Davis. Keenan Allen still hanging around. And wow, Matt Kelly. With the value of the, this is, it goes to show too that the 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 progress we've made as dynasty people because this is a the rookie running backs Mike that are drafted inside the top ten are the three hundred eight and three hundred nine here, right? When yep. when quarterback is the position that's being faded, so that's amazing how much we've we've learned. The twenty seventeen rookie class, right? Christian McCaffrey at the three hundred eight, Leonard Fournette at the three hundred nine. Yeah. And wait a minute, Mike. I was told that wide receiver is the longest longevity position. <laughs> Those two guys are holding the same amount or more value than just about anybody else that we put on the list outside of Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Mike, Mike and Uncle Lenny, like, um, they thought he was dead. Then he came back to life, you know? Right. Yep. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, out of the league. Cam <laughs> Newton, out of the league. And Joe Mixon, 2017 rookie running back. Again, the class of 2017 for the running back position is a aberration, right? Yeah, how good one. and how long that they've they've lasted, but still, it just it's kind of alarming to see because we haven't even um we haven't even got to Dalvin Cook yet. Correct. All right, where are we at? We'll see how far down he goes. Travis Kelsey, 401. Nice pick. Right, <laughs> that one lasted. Nate Liss, Joe Mixon, Travis Kelsey, back to back on the turn there. Nice. Uh, Devontae Adams. Nice one. Jay Ajayi. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Jay Ajayi. Stefan Diggs. Good one. Tevin Coleman. Not so good. Derrick Henry. Still going. Jamison Crowder and then Dalvin Cook in the fourth round. Finally got to him. 408. Yep. Adam, take a look down there. It's going to start getting gross, man. Take a look down at the 412. The crowbar. Isaiah Crowell. <laughs> Remember him? How, how could I, how could I forget Isaiah Crowell? Um, wow, Corey Coleman, the four ten. Why you got to rub in these terrible Cleveland real picks? And then oh my gosh, Terrell Pryor. Come on, <laughs> I, hey Mike, Mike, I hooped against Terrell Pryor back in the day. Look at this man, the five oh seven, Tom Brady. Tom Brady, <laughs> Mike, Mike. You know what's funny? Because we're so smart. I was watching clips. They were uh, clowning everybody. It was right around this time, 2017. They were talking like, 
Tom Brady's he's ready to fall off a cliff. It's about to be over for them. They're going to go downhill. <laughs> you know, Bill Belichick's going to be out of the league, blah, blah, blah. Tom Brady, we were drafting him in the fifth round because he's getting ready to cliff. I mean, wow. All right, I won't who's going ahead of him? It. Matt Ryan. Let's, uh, man, let's look at our boy Nate List because Nate, Nate kills it. Like, I love Nate. Let's see how he did for his entire draft because he had some picks, right? All right. DeAndre Hopkins, Aaron Rodgers. So this is the team so far. Hopkins, Rodgers, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. And in the fifth round, Dak Prescott. Holy shit. What a draft from Nate List. I love it, man. 2017. Even in 2017, mock drafts. He's killing it. I'm going to say this, man. Maybe we just pulled up the right one. But um, I see some big names uh, that do not have a draft anything like this. So uh, good on you, Nate. Good on you. The foreshadow. He knew what was coming. All right. Amir Abdullah. All right. He finally missed one. (laughs) Amir Abdullah. He was five for five. He was five for I mean, five. he was five for five in a big way. Dak in the fifth? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was interesting. I saw it a couple weeks ago and it pulled it up. But when you, when you brought it up here, too, about where people always think, like, longevity, it, it's such a fallacy sometimes. It's such a damn fallacy where this is why another reason why I think actually having draft picks is, is one of the cheat codes <laughs> to dynasties <laughs> because – you don't get shit like that to happen to you. Where in 2017, when they were making those picks, I'm sure they did their research, right? These aren't these aren't dumb people, okay? These aren't novices. These aren't rookies at uh, Dynasty Football. These are very smart people. When they're making their picks and putting together this mock draft, I bet they thought every pick that they made was good, right? <laughs> Nobody was like, I hate my team. I hate this guy, but I took him anyways. Nobody said that. Oh, this is a Dynasty draft. I'm going to have this guy for the next five, six, seven years. And here we are in 22, four years going into year five later. And half of the people we read off, if you just started watching football in the last couple of years, you'd be like, who the hell were they? <laughs> Who's that guy? If you just, if you woke up in 2020, you'd be like, I don't know who the hell these dudes are. <laughs> don't, Todd Gurley, never heard of him. David Johnson? Oh, that's like four-string running back for Houston last year, right? <laughs> he was David a thing Johnson. once. He was the one-on-one. Oh, Antonio Brown. Yeah, I remember when he quit last year in the middle of a game. So it, it's interesting to see where where people go down that route where like, oh, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, uh, you know, at the running back position even, where they're like, oh, I'm going to have these dudes for – their entirety of the career, and that's how they want to look at it, where in reality, Adam, if you can get three damn firsts for Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson at any given time, any given league, lineup, best ball, whatever, there's a multitude of reasons that we could tell you from a strategy perspective, like going to win the league, value, all that bullshit, on why you should do it. But I think the biggest one is, Take a look at that list from 2017 and go, like, how safe do you feel right now investing all of that capital into one player when when we have seen through history that bad things can happen to good players at any given moment and all of a sudden Jamar Chase isn't worth a second. Maybe he's not even in the league anymore. Maybe something else happens. It, it can happen. It can happen, and we have seen it. So 
I think that's the basic part of it where people kind of need to shift their shift their mindset a little bit instead of looking at names, you know. And right. I think that's why we do that that great series that we started doing over on our YouTube page, name brand versus off brand. Because when yeah. you actually look at the numbers, it's like, why am I paying for this? In real life, I wouldn't pay for this. <laughs> no. If it was, if I got something very similar and it cost half, why the if hell somebody, would I pay full price? If somebody came to me with a data sheet and said, this is what's in this and this is what's in that, and in essence, they're the same thing. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, three spike weeks and seven consistent weeks. Why, why am I spending triple for the other one? Um, obviously, you know, I'm not saying Jamar Chase is not I'm not saying T. Higgins is more valuable than Jamar Chase, but no. at cost, yeah. there's a reason to consider it. And there's a couple things here, Mike, that are big too. Um, you know, this is the 4D chess episode. Dynasty Degenerates, if you're listening, whether you're tapping in newly or you've been listening all along, um, there's the four D's here. And I think the totality of all of them combined is a very big part of how you can really navigate and find exploitation in your league to get over to where your team is gaining value. And Mike, I think the thing to remember, especially with picks, there's two points I want to make here with picks. Listen, if you're somebody that wants to make a bunch of draft picks and you think you're a drafting savant, like you can do that. And and there's the diligence side. One of the D's where you listen to, you tap into Ray. I mean, you tap into so many of the people, you know, I mean, campus to Canton. I mean, Bruning, we Mike, We'll get you the diligence side and we'll help you draft right. But whether you want to draft them, and, and Mike, I have done this and so have you. And maybe in another episode we'll get into actual data and trades that we've done. Mike, I can think of one this year, my, probably the team I'm most excited about in the league. Last year I productive struggled at a certain point. I grabbed six picks in 22 and six picks in 23. Mike, I have two picks left in 23. And I made one 2022 selection. And, That's it. Yep. And the team that you have right now, by just accumulating assets, would not look like what you would think a team that just grabs 12 picks because they're rebuilding does. It, you don't ha- If you're someone that's averse risk to drafting, there, you can time it where you don't even have to make a single selection if you don't want to. Like, knowing your league mates is part of that, but you don't have to make a single pick. And then, Mike, I just went... Because that was such old data, and I know as much as if you want to be real, that, with, that's hindsight if you think that that stuff's fake. Like, I want to just real quick go to last year's 2021 ADP according to a deco and just yeah. look at how many people lost value, got hurt, something off the field happened. And this right now is a very good point, I think, to stress this because, Mike, Right now is a big time where everybody looks at kind of like their starting lineup and just like these road colored glasses of their team. Like, this team is set. This team is set. Like, I'm good. You have you not watched football? Do you not know all the things that can happen? Because here, let me give you last year. All right, Mike. So in the first round at 103, I mean, we don't have to go past the third pick for Christian McCaffrey to, I mean, miss a ton of the season. Um, Lamar Jackson. Missed a lot of down the stretch. He did not help you. Um, Saquon Barkley in the 110 did not give you a lot of production. Um, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Mike, this is sometimes – we love T-Law. We still didn't draft him high. But he was a case of being drafted, a little overdrafted. And he didn't even – he played and didn't give you anything. Then you got 
Mike, you keep going down the list. I mean, Russell Wilson gets an injury. Um, Derrick Henry gets an injury. A.J. Brown gets an injury. Uh, DeAndre Swift gets an injury. He had a great season before he got hurt, but gets an injury. Um, third round, Mike. This is where things get – there's so many – third round even last year was, it was CEH, man, in this ADP. Horrible. Wow. And now the 311, Mike, Calvin Ridley. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Like, like yeah. we – you got – listen, I know that Chase and Jefferson are young, and maybe they're the exception, and maybe they're going to be really good for a long, long time. But I just yeah, think we sure. have to be careful about assuming even this season of health. This ADP doesn't talk about the injuries and ADP dips. This is the end of the year, Mike, when J.K. Dobbins burned people, Cam Akers burned people, Travis Etienne burned people. Like, let's be real about players, what their values, and how volatile it can be. Very, very volatile. And, and I think that's also why I always – kind of lean towards unless it's you know a start nine start 10 lineup league adam where i really need to focus on studs and i need to up tier and i need to take that risk of consolidating into a handful of pieces i still want depth right because i understand the injuries happen and i still want guys behind them but if i've got 20 bench spots adam it doesn't do me any good to have 20 good players on my bench if I can only start nine guys every single week, right? It's a lineup headache for one. Number two, it's uh, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to pick the right guy every single week. I'm not good enough to go, this is the week he goes off. This is the week he does it. I don't have enough faith in myself to do it where I need that positional advantage where I could just go Devontae Adams every week. As long as he's healthy, he's in my fucking lineup. He's in my lineup. But when we get to these other leagues, a lot of the ones we play in, because it's such a rarity for me to play in a start nine league, I think I may only have one total out of 30, Adam. It's such a rarity anymore. Every league that I do anymore is start 12, start 13, start 14, or it's best ball where we've we talked ad nauseum about how important depth is. But in those leagues, it's... Anytime I can take one really good piece, Adam, and, and try to down tier and go to a couple, two, three, just good, good pieces. Not really good, not stud, just good. I'm going to do it because of what you just mentioned. I'm spreading out my risk over multiple pieces, right? If if I, if I if one of those was Calvin Ridley, and, and now he's suspended for me for this year for, for gambling for the whole thing, if I got two other pieces on top of it, well, maybe those had better luck. Maybe one of those ascended in value. Maybe one of those is still an elite producer this year. Maybe one of those would have outproduced Calvin Ridley even if he was playing. Something along those lines or or dodge the injury bug, however you want to look at it. It just gives you that extra ability to kind of mitigate some of the risk inherently involved with playing fantasy football in a sport that's so violent and there's so many injuries. And then, you know, we, we touched on it before. You talked about the last couple of years we, we had to deal with COVID, right? And mm-hmm. how that would come and just bite you out of the ass. What you're thinking like, oh, Monday night, I just need this dude to, oh, shit, he's out with COVID. <laughs> I and guess I'm I don't, getting a zero. <laughs> I don't even have a person that's going left. I, I'm screwed. Yeah. yeah. And so yep, I, I think that's big, huge. Man. That's huge just to kind of mitigate your risk when possible. And, and one of the easiest ways to do it 
not even for players because you know what it's like if you try to take one player and turn them into three. Now that's three names that somebody's attached to. That's, oh, I'm really high on this guy or I'm really high on this guy. Like, is And all it takes is one of them for them to be really high on. They can hate the other two. But if they're really high on one guy, they're like, that's too much to give up. Whereas draft capital sometimes it's just a generic number, right? It's just a figmentation Mike. of your imagine imagination out there. It's a Mike. figment of your imagination out there. Sorry, geez, that was Mike, I tried we to were, put like three words together at the same time like a dumbass. It was a uh, that was a that was a tongue twister. Mike just yeah, gave it. And I Mike, Mike, but the, the funny thing though is like I was just told via comments whether Discord, YouTube. I mean, a couple of days ago that picks you can get those back. Picks, <laughs> fuck them picks. Like th- this is the time I'm telling you. I know. Listen, Dynasty Degenerates, you're talking. You're excited. Football's back. We haven't had football in so long. Adam, Mike, why are you doing this? Just why? Why are you giving us all these negatives? We want to talk exciting football. And okay, fine. You talk that hype up all you want, but strategically, this is a strategy show. A lot of be cognizant of the risks. When you go all in and you don't have proper depth, like I'm telling you, it's just so rare if your team does not get hit with the injury bug because it's, man, we just went through the first three rounds, Mike, and how many of those guys got hit with the injuries or aren't playing football because of Calvin Ridley? Like there's a lot of risk. So just be careful and understand you need to have depth. And in the, in the case of where people are not valuing picks properly because it's, I want to go win now and this pick's not going to give me anything in my lineup. Listen, if you hear this from a league mate, I am urging you to rush into their DMs, rush into their offers, go get those picks if they're throwing them away. You want to get those picks, man. Trust me. I I was looking at a couple leagues, and I like to do this occasionally. I like to think back to like some big deals or some trades that I made, and I always like to go back and see how they work out, especially the ones that involve like picks a year, two, three years out. How I how I made out in that trade, like sitting right now, how I would grade that trade. And I was looking in a 14-team league, Adam, that I took over in 2020, okay? So I come in, I take over as an orphan, immediately just do the, the McNutted, the, the teardown king thing. I just fucking sell the farm. <laughs> this isn't my team. These aren't my guys. It's not built the way I want to. I'm going to be dog shit year one <laughs> taking over this orphan. I sell it, right? One of the trades I made, Adam, I sent away Miles Sanders at the time. If you remember, he was going in the first round of startups or or back end of the first. Second, first, second, yep. Yep. I sent away Miles Sanders, and in return, I got a first-round pick the following year, and I got Devontae Parker. Now, if you remember, Devontae Parker was just coming off of the 2019 where he like exploded throughout that year, his big the, breakout. The Devontae yeah. Parker finally broke out yes. season, yeah. Yes, the finally broke out. I get Devontae Parker, I immediately, like I don't want Devontae Parker, he's a fifth-year breakout receiver, like I'm good, let me sell him. I take a single first in 2022, right? We're talking years out, Adam, <laughs> years out. So I ended up, or it was two firsts in Devontae Parker, not just a first in Devontae, two firsts, a future first, and... Devonte Parker. I said Devonte Parker for another future first. So I walk away with three future first, spaced out for Devonte Parker. Sanders. Yeah, for Miles, for Miles Sanders. Sanders. Yep. Right, yep. Right, right, for right. Miles Sanders. Two of them in twenty one. One of them in twenty two. 
Okay. The picks in 21 ended up that I actually made. I actually made all these picks. I didn't end up trading them away. I made those picks. Justin Fields, Jalen Waddell, and then this year was the 102, which I took Kenny Walker. So wow. that's what I traded away Miles Sanders for in 2020. But when you look at it, you go, oh, I don't want the picks. At the time, Jesus, like I got three first-round picks essentially for one Miles Sanders, which was the proper value at the time. But why put all my eggs in just the Miles Sanders basket when I can space it out over multiple years? And I just so happen to pick right players or good classes or whatever it may be. But now you look at that trade and if I were to send that offer out, if I were to send my Miles Sanders share away for those three players, <laughs> people would think I lost my damn mind. Like, what are you what are you doing to me? Tear down King. There there's no strategy in this. This is this is just insane. What's he doing to me? Yeah. It's but listen, and and you may make some deals too, conversely, where you know, you, you send away a player in that range that could have been Jonathan Taylor well, in 2020, right? You could have taken Jonathan Taylor going in the same range as Miles Sanders. And yeah, may, maybe maybe it doesn't work out quite as well, but large scale, Mike, the numbers are going to tell you that asset multiplication, getting younger, there's no risk. I mean, Miles Sanders, Mike, between injuries and just not playing well, there's a, a giant risk he gave you. So, mm-hmm. um, more often than not, you're going to end up winning out. Whether you make the picks, like you you made all those picks too. Like that's the other thing, you end up making all three of those picks. You you may have made several other moves with it. Like the value tends to be on the pick side. A lot of times when the deal is done as the season approaches, because people get into this very forced mindset of I want to go win and there's money on the line in this league. It's huge, man. It's huge. I I really think if people just take a step back for a second. And, and look at it and really listen to what we preach. And I know Scott Connor preaches it. And Scott is one of, I mean, I, I can't sing his praises enough, but one of the most trusted people for me in the dynasty space because he's always making you think. Like, you cannot have a conversation in Discord via text or in voice chat or text message, whatever you want to do with Scott about dynasty football you cannot have a conversation with that man where you don't walk away and go shit man my brain hurts because this guy makes me think really hard about this or that or long-term plays that kind of thing scott is always processing it and when scott's preaching hey like wide receivers scott loves his wide receivers he, he loves them like on his team he loves his wide receivers he looks at warp data he does all of that so go check out his his and eric's podcast which is really good but even him, I've heard him say multiple times, three firsts for one single wide receiver, I will take that every time. Like I am putting, placing the bet that my three assets that I'm going to get for you for that one asset, I'm going to win that bet more, more times than not. So Scott says it, yeah. we say it, it, really smart people say it. Stop looking so much at the, the name of the player. Step back, look at the asset, and especially when you're looking at draft picks, look at it. You know, kind of like we said earlier, like a credit line, and, and as you alluded, it's paying you interest the whole time. <laughs> you don't got to spend it; it's there, but it's giving you interest. It's accruing value over time. And and, and real quick too, Mike, um, this is one thing uh, before we get out of here. Uh, a good point to end on, actually. So a lot of times, 
you know, and we and we preach this right and, and it's something that happens and i think it's still the right thing to do when you are a contender you go ahead and you lean into it right so what that typically looks like if you're contending you lean into it and a lot of people try to do this as they want to juice their lineup to go win they get a lot of the same type build guys right so on a contender you're going to be looking at you know 10 to 15 assets probably that are worth something but mike here's what the here's what happens you're looking at a lot of the types that are, you know, Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas types, Zeke Elliott types, you know, all these aging assets that do have value on the contending side. But here becomes the problem. And I think one of the things that is completely written off about draft picks, one final point about this is this. It's kind of like with a gun, Mike, right? You got all the ammo in the clip. Now, if you're a contender and you go ahead and, and you get rid of all these picks and you go old crusty, like, yeah, you, you unloaded the clip, but you don't have any shots left. So hopefully you did a lot of damage with the shots you did have, right? Yeah. But guess what now? If you're sitting there as a contender, and as the season goes on and things are breaking right and it's still a contender, an elite contender, you're sitting on a first or two firsts? Mike, because by that point, all the teams that thought they were contenders that are going to be forced to realize, fuck, I'm missing the playoffs, and now I got two shots left in the clip? I can do some damage because everybody's sitting right in front of me and can't move. Perfect. Perfect, man. You also talked about that, uh, you know, in your draft strategy with players when we went over the last one, the last startup that we did, where the the counter idea of, oh, I have to draft nothing but old players. And and we we did it earlier when I'm I'm doing this. Like, I'm kind of leaning into the contending piece, right, Adam, on this best ball team that I'm doing. But Elijah Moore... Like, there was probably better contention pieces I could have taken a wide receiver than Elijah Moore, right? For sure. Easily. Yep. Like guys Keenan that, Allen, right? Keenan yeah, Allen's the one that we were talking stack about. Stack him with my quarterback, Justin Herbert, right? Yep. But I'm also thinking long-term down the road, not so much like next year, Adam, what I want to do next year, but I'm thinking exactly what you're talking about in week seven or eight. Some of these teams that start to fray or go, I need something enticing that they want off of my team for me to go get a couple more old crusty pieces for the final. Correct. Push, right? Correct. Right? And, and, and I, I want yep. something that I can go, the guy who ended up taking Keenan Allen, if he struggles and he wants to sell off part of his team, Hey, I got Elijah Moore. Give me Keenan Allen and something to help me out. Right. I want to entice him to make a deal with me down the road. So something and, to think and, about. And that that's another good point too. Uh, it's the same point, but with the players too, right. Is that so when obviously the picks, you know, on a contender, they don't score points in your lineup, but having those clips at the right time can be huge. And then also, Mike, even just having a few of the more flexible types, because yes. here's something that does happen a lot, right? That same narrative, even for rebuilders, sometimes is foreign of like, ah, I don't want to just take two picks because what if I miss on them? But to your point, if you have an Elijah Moore type, you have a Devontae Smith, one of these guys that can be a contending piece, but also is youthful. You add that youth piece plus picks. Now you can really get to do some damage because that person's going to want to get off some crusty contending pieces from, of his own. Absolutely love it. Well, if you stuck with us this long, kind of just rambling at times and me mixing words up and mashing them together, just making new words because that's what I fucking do, I guess. <laughs> just put words together and make new ones. Fuck the dictionary. Who needs it? <laughs> just the, make the, ones the, up. The, the McNutted Dictionary. Oh, my gosh. We appreciate you tapping in. You do us a big favor if you're 
when you're listening, if you could go to your podcast platform that you use of choice and rate and review, and, and not just for us, if you could leave a review for everybody and all the hard work that we do over at Destination Devi, it means so much to the team. And definitely, I, if you're not checked or you're not subscribed or checking out the newsletter that is coming out every Friday, a lot of hard work, but there is so much good shit in there. There is so much good stuff in there. Like the newsletter should almost be a Patreon thing by itself, right? That's how much good content and good ideas are getting put into that newsletter every week. So definitely go check it out. Uh, Adam and I retweet the piss out of it. Ray tweets it out. Everybody at the DD team tweets it out. So just go find one of us on Twitter. On Fridays it drops. Make sure you're subscribed to it. It'll be in your inbox, in your email every single week. And the content that is in there is just well worth the five seconds it takes to sign up to put your email address and subscribe. So if you could do those couple things for us, we'd appreciate it so much. And it will help you out in the long run. The newsletter part, the rating and review, I don't think it does anything for you unless you want to leave a bad review for us, which may be funny. I'd love to read it, but I think that's it, Adam. Anything else you wanted to say before we bounce out of here? That's it, man. Just remember, keep those picks uh, when necessary. Don't just consider them useless pieces that can't score points in your lineup. Be mindful of assets, not just draft picks. And just remember, when your league mates are playing chess... Play 40 chess. That's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Peace.